everyone, and welcome to the BZ Powercast. I'm your host, Black Six, and thank you again for downloading the show. This is episode number 34 for April 2012. This month, we start things off by talking to 55555 and to Kuma about the Faber Files, Christian Faber from Advance's uh, new blog, where, among other things, he's detailing a lot of behind-the-scenes uh, information about how the Bionicle story was developed. After that, I talked to Windrider for this month's How to BZP. After that, I sit down with Takuma Nuva for the first of what will hopefully be many staff interviews. And then, of course, we have a music time with Smeeg. But before all that, we have a question this month from Kopeek Master who asks. Hello, BZ Power. I'm Kopeek Master, and I was wondering how you do the PowerCast from different places across the world or U.S. or wherever. So the short answer to that question is that we use Skype. Uh, it's a free application that allows you to chat with friends either via text, like uh, instant me- other instant messaging programs, or if you have a microphone and speakers via voice, and if you turn a webcam video too with anyone around the world, completely free. I use a program called Audio Hijack Pro to capture the audio stream of our Skype conversations and record it, so I can include it on the PowerCast. Thank you for the question, Kopeek Master. And if anyone else has any questions they would like to hear answered on the show, they can always send them in to PowerCast at BZPower.com. So now with that out of the way, let's kick off with our discussion on the Faber Files. I hope you enjoy. All right, so joining me now are Takuma Nuva and 55555 to talk about the Faber Files. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Superb. So for uh, those people not in the know, the Faber Files is a blog that was recently started by Christian Faber of Advance, the, uh, the I guess, graphic design and uh, marketing company. So this is uh, a pretty awesome thing for Bionicle fans. Uh, John, you want to talk about why uh, that might be the case? Um, well, it's kind of cool to see all the stuff that they had to keep secret before because... Like, uh, spoilers or whatever. Um, like the whole Matanui is a face thing, which some people might not have totally gotten before. You can see that it was here from the very beginning. Like, uh, it was kind of, they wanted to make it obvious and then they toned it down so that it would be more secret. Um, and you can see the development of all the stuff, the original ideas. It's pretty awesome. Right. So, uh, Christian Faber, like I said, I think he... He's one of the, the founding members of Advance, this marketing company that has worked very closely with Lego over the years. Uh, a lot of the commercials um, have been you know, done with them or, or somehow related to them. Uh, and so I guess for you know, the, the late 90s, Lego wanted to take the, this concept even further and kind of go and develop even more of a story for some of their, their set lines. And so they turned to advance, and Christian Faber is, I think, uh, kind of safe to say he's the, the father of Bionicle in, in many ways. Uh, he's certainly one of the founding fathers, yeah, Bob yeah. Thompson and Greg. Well, I think Greg came a little later, but um, Bob Thompson and, and Christian Faber, I think, have been around since the beginning. 
And so for Christian to, to start this blog really gives us a lot of insight into the whole creation process behind Bionicle and uh, how, how it came to be. And I think that's, that's really awesome for the fans, especially since you know, the line is over and we haven't really been seeing any new content, right? So this gives us something to, to look at and think about. We're going to go around and pick uh, some of the entries that he's posted so far and talk a little bit about them. Uh, Takuma, you want to start first? Oh, sure. Why not? Um, first one I want to look at actually is The Awakening. That uh, teaser poster where it just shows like the pieces lying in the sand. And that one just, I don't know why, but it really clicks with me, if you'll pardon the pun. Uh, um, <laughs> just because it reminds me of way back when we were first getting our very first images of Bionicle before we even knew what it was all about. You know, that whole, it's, it's really nostalgic for me looking at it mostly. Yeah, I mean, just uh, that, that head sticking out of the sand there. And, um, there's a, a video included on that, which uh, is pretty interesting too, I think. Um, done by Martin Cohen, and it's uh, just kind of a very early concept piece. I think the, the most interesting part of um, some of these things is the dates that they go back to like 1999, which was you know almost two full years before Bonacle actually kicked off. And they were already had some of these designs and concepts um, that ironed out that uh, it was it looked so much like the Bonacle we actually came to uh, to know in two thousand one. You can see all the all the seeds and everything that led to everything else. Right, like in the the Awakening video, for instance, uh, the the head has what looks like a mask on it, and it looks like the Vahi. Right, oh. which which is pretty. It does a crazy. little bit. It's got the, those ridges yeah. and stuff. You can't really see the sides because they're kind of buried in the sand, but right. um, it's very possible that of, it was... I was thinking at first it looked a little bit like a Karana, which did make sense to me, but yeah, now that I completely forgot about the Vahi. I'm a terrible person. And, <laughs> and so if you think about it, right, so this is from 99. In the original mask packs in 2001, there was kind of a teaser image of the Vahi on that, and then we finally got the mask in, I think it was 2003, so concepts like that have just been around since the beginning which which is really interesting john any other comments on this uh not really it's just a very iconic thing that kind of captures the original idea of bionicle that made it so good right yeah the, the canister is washing up and just the mystery of uh who these heroes are what we- and it's another example of like storyline being affected by the sets which you saw like throughout all of Bionicle, and it usually improved it a lot. It's just kind of a source of story ideas where, like, they come ashore in pieces, and they have magical masks that give them powers. Those are all set things. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you had, like, another action figure line that wasn't, you know, a a Lego constructible one, you wouldn't have a storyline where where the characters are, are in pieces like that. So it's definitely a very... Uh, unique Lego thing and uh, kind of, you know, is the concept from the beginning to how to meld the, the whole buildable figure in with a, a rich story. John, what about you? What were what was one of your favorites? Oh, this Biomechanical Villagers one where they show all the original mask concepts before they really knew what they were doing. Uh, this must have been 
yeah, okay, this is like 99, it looks like. Um, and you see like one of these guys has a head, which is like a, a tree trunk with like robotics in it. And like, they're just they're very interesting. And you can see one has kind of a weird Akaku-like shape with offset circles and asymmetricality. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. This one looks a little bit like a Piraka, though that's probably just a coincidence. Which one's that? Dude Chuck. <laughs> oh, how about these crazy names that they have here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could go into uh, some of the naming stuff. I mean, uh, at one point, I guess, uh, based on one of the articles, um, you know, Bonicles are going to be called uh, Voodoo Heads. And then they got shortened just to to do heads, and I think <laughs> I think we could all be glad that uh, that name didn't make it out. <laughs> yeah. So looking uh, at this one labeled "Gob Jabak," it makes me think of the Swedish Chef. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one, um, John, that made you think of um, the Akaku? Because it's kind of got the asymmetrical stuff going on. Yeah, that's it. And I it, think, um, or go ahead. It's uh, it's. It's uh, it's it might just be a coincidence. I mean, it's it doesn't look that much like it. It does, but there are some of the, the design elements. I think um, on the left side there's the the Mantu, which looks a lot like the the Matatu from uh, the the 2001 line of sets. Oh, okay. a little bit. So I mean, it's definitely some of the the design elements did come through. Um, Nanbok almost kind of reminds me of uh, who? Which one was it? I think. Uh, Nokama. Um, yeah, I see where you're getting a little bit. Yeah, uh, Mask I mean, of Translation, the Metro yeah, series. Yeah, Nokama Metro. Um, things like that. So definitely the, the designs were, there's a lot more, some are organic and some are a lot more mechanical than uh, Bionicle ended up being, I think. But uh, it's definitely interesting to see where, where this all came from. And uh, what kind of could have been if things had been differently, which kind of brings me um, to to one of my favorite ones, which is the the birth of the ball joint and the cybots. Um, I, when this first got posted, I saw a lot of comments on BZP about how people were so glad that um, you know this didn't actually happen. <laughs> so if you read the the story and stuff, this started in 1995 which I think is pretty impressive that all the way back then, um, you know, they were, they were kind of coming up with these ideas. You know, this was before Throwbots or anything like that. Um, it actually reminds me of, I don't know if any of you guys um, played with Z-Bots back in the day from uh, Galoob. Um, some of these Cybots uh, kind of look like them and that they're these kind of weird mix of um, mechanical and uh, organic stuff. Um, you know, obviously these concepts are, are really rough, but if you think about it, like this is Christian messing around with some clay and and making these parts out of hand and then just attaching them manually to some Lego bodies. Um, and as as he talks about, this is why they ended up creating the ball joint, right? Because they wanted to find a way that they could connect these arm and leg pieces to normal Lego pieces and, and still have a good range of motion rather than if you just like use an axle or something, it would just, you know, be able to have this one plane of, of rotation and right. it wouldn't be anywhere near as cool. So 
you know, the, this is why we got the ball joint, which, you know, created uh, the throwbot line and eventually led to Bonacle. You know what these remind me of a lot is Galador. <laughs> well, I mean, if you know, the, the design and the actual look, I can see that. But, you know, the, the whole idea of an arm being a single piece, right, that kind of goes right into the throwbots and Bonacle, where back in 2001... You know, each arm and leg was only one piece. There weren't multiple joints or anything. You're right. Got fancier as you went along. Yeah. Uh, I do think it's interesting that, you know, these guys were built on um, a torso made of system and technic pieces, which is something Lego obviously got away from in, in the final designs. Yeah, you're looking at this and it's like this elaborate construction of just system stuff, really. And then he just slapped the arms and legs on there. It's a mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I think it's really cool because in, in the one picture they, they show, you know, taking the legs off and putting it on this, um, you know, wheeled body thing. So it's a lot of uh, kind of technic um, playability, things like that. And uh, if you read about it, you know, he talks about how this kind of helped inspire Rock Raiders, which is another... Uh, popular line that I know they're still fans yes. of. Yes. <laughs> so I think uh, if it weren't for uh, you know Christian and the guys in advance coming up with this crazy um, way out there idea, you know we wouldn't have had Bionicle. So I'm, I'm or glad for they kind of. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they, one they, more reason Bionicle is just so awesome. <laughs> Rock Raiders. I'm glad they took the risk, and I definitely think it paid off. I mean. Yeah, the the constructible action figures is definitely a big part of uh, what where Lego is now and uh, part of their audience that they have. Any other comments about these guys? They are mm-hmm. ugly for sure. <laughs> All right, uh, so Takuma, what was your next one that you wanted to talk about? Water is for wimps. Apparently, this image was out before, and I just never saw it somehow. But i just seen it now, and it's amazing looking. It almost looks like a movie poster. Like, it's just missing all that gibberish at the bottom about, you know, such-and-so productions, features, starring, whatever, <laughs> you have you. So, so this one is for, from 2001, so obviously the, the set designs have been finalized because the Tahoe in there looks uh, very much final. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think the one interesting thing is kind of he has the signature going on um, yeah, I really like that. Zoro-esque that we never really saw in the actual sets. Although, um, it kind of came back with the Piraka. Had that kind of stylized, you know, like kind of carved with a blade. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Uh, lettering. What about you, John? Any any thoughts on this one? Well, I'm just looking at, like, the the light and dark composition from an artistic point of view. is like, it's really good in this. It's just a, it's just a simple idea, really well executed with good imagery. I mean, it's a great poster. That's why uh, Lego pays advance the big bucks, I guess. <laughs> I would love to have this on my wall. I'm not even kidding. Tahu was always my favorite Toa. Well, it's a pretty high-resolution image. You could probably make uh, like a pretty decent poster out of it. Maybe like a 18 by 24 or something. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking like a wallpaper, you know. Or... <laughs> <laughs> just tile it across your wall. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just disappointed they didn't do this for the other six toe, at least not that we've seen. I, I feel like there was, were some other ones. I just not don't that I know of from, anyways. From back in 2001. I don't know exactly what this, uh, what, what this, what purpose this served. Um, 
Was it in the Lego because magazine? The world or needs more awesome. You know, I don't remember seeing it in 2001 initially, but I do remember seeing it later on. Um, I, I just remember someone posting uh, it on BZ Power, and I think they were posting in, in the art form or something some uh, edits they did of it, which uh, was interesting. And I, I didn't remember where it came from initially, but apparently it had been around for, for quite a while. So maybe there's more, and uh, maybe if we wait long enough, Christian will uh, post some of those. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Fives, what is your next one you would like to talk about? Okay, The Birth of the Toa, which was, this is the original storyboards of that animation that I think was probably in the Awakening, on the Awakening page, um, where they come out of the water and they, like, washes up on the shore and they, the lid explodes off the canister and everything. And uh, there's some different ideas in here where, like, the 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 Toa falls over when he doesn't have his mask because he's too weak, and then like he gets his mask on, and then yeah, can, right, and it's like his limbs fall off when he falls over. They're they're definitely going more for um, you know, kind of how he's building himself and uh, how they are kind of these action figures that you build. Um, in the final animation, from what I remember, there's just kind of like this swirling energy, and the parts come together on their own. Uh, so there, there were some changes from that, and um, I think I saw somewhere else recently. Um, Advance has been posting some of their earlier commercial work. That that's the kind of stuff they they couldn't get away with anymore because you can't show the toys um, moving on their own. You have to sh- show like a, a human hand or something uh, operating it. <laughs> Otherwise, would it's that like be? false advertising. Because like a, a kid might think it's like radio controlled or something, or or moves on its own. Oh, silly kids! <laughs> Tricks are for rabbits. But really, the main the main difference I'm seeing here from the storyboards to the final is the final was more serious and more dramatic. It was like this is a little bit a little bit sillier. Just like uh, the Toa is kind of less dignified and all that. Right, which I kind of think fit with, um, you know, Lego's earlier commercials and, and advertising, which was supposed to be more kind of fun and silly, right? right. So, but with Bonacle, they're but kind of trying to depart from that. Also, on that note, though, uh, in the final video, it was Tau, but then looking at the storyboard, it looks like Lewa just with Tau's sword somehow, which well, that's in a way... Been that's like Onua or something? It looks like a mirror to me. Yeah, that, that he's wearing. Like a, a mirror that he's, he's putting on. Um, but again, got to keep in mind that this is, is dated in from a uh, 2000, so things might not have been completely finalized. Then things like the masks. True. True. Um, I have a feeling that it was always supposed to be Tahu, who's going to be the the main character. That's why we have things like that water is for wimps image, and you know why in the Metanui online game the first place you go is is Takora, things like that. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it's really interesting to see some of the the original ideas. Um, you know how like when it goes on land, it detects the the sensor, and like a little periscope supposed to come out. Um, and like that kind of adds to to the little the humor and uh, levity of of it, which was removed in the final one. But at the same time, like a lot of the building blocks were already there. And making something as serious as the final one was is always kind of a gamble because, like, if you're just, if you aren't taking yourself that seriously, then 
you know, if people don't like it, then whatever. But if you're like making it super dramatic, then it better be good. Right. Yeah. I mean, you better have the the story and the characterization to to back it up. All right. So uh, moving on, uh, my last one I wanted to pick was uh, the first view of Matanui, which is a uh, one of the original pictures or illustrations of the island of Matanui that we came to know and love in uh, the 2001 to 2003 uh, storyline. So this is dated 1999, so again, it's still early. Um, but you can definitely see the, the shape taking place. I mean, there's the volcano, there's um, the, the snow-covered mountain, there's some water areas, there's some rainforest, and there's some barren stone areas, uh, the desert. And um, it has, you know, at the top there, that little um, kind of peninsula that we definitely saw in, in the original. The, the big difference here is that this is like more obviously the shape of a face just covered by dirt, right? The volcano is, is Matanui's mouth. Um, the, the mountain is his nose. And you can see that lake with the island and it looks a lot like an eye. Did you know that uh, Mount Aihu, which is the mountain in the center there, Aihu means nose in Maori, and no one figured that out for so long. Right, and doesn't um, the name of the volcano um, mean like mouth or something like that? Oh, uh, yeah, manga? manga? I'm not sure. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's funny that we never really thought of that. I mean, I guess in 2001 when we had no idea that um, this was coming, right, if, if uh, you looked it up and saw that, I Ihu or Ihu was nose. You'd be like, oh, well, it's it's a pointy mountain. It looks like a, you know a nose. Okay, whatever. Right. Um, but looking back, it's like, wow, they really they really had this plan from the beginning. I mean, I remember when I first learned that you know, Matt Nui was this giant robot. I was like, there's no way they could have been planning that. That just seems kind of so out there. But um, there's other other pictures on uh, the site that uh, you know corroborate that. Um, and show some interesting things. There's the, the What Lies Beneath uh, article that shows originally one of his hands was supposed to be kind of emerging from the water and the fingers were sort of supposed to be mountains in the distance off of uh, Matanui. And I think that was a really cool idea. Um, and I'm kind of sad that they didn't do that because that's one of those things, again, where you can look back at it and then you can see, like, oh, man, they, they really had all this, all this planned out. I'm wondering what kind of fan fiction things you could do with those finger islands, because that mm-hmm. might be fun to incorporate that into something. Yeah, it, it definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of, lot of interesting concepts that um, might have kind of been thrown away by, by um, Christian and, and the guys who were creating Bionicle, but um, we're still very... Um, very much rooted in the universe and could be could be used. All right, so I, I want to talk about a couple others, I guess, real quick. Um, you know, there's some other images that are kind of these concepts of some of the different areas. Uh, there's a, a water temple that was supposed to be, I guess, part of Gakoro, supposed to be underwater. Um, and there's some other images he shared of Gakoro, Lakoro, and, and Takoro. They're kind of habitats. Um, that they don't have the characters in them, but they still capture, you know, the, that 2001 feeling so perfectly. I think, uh, it's really just incredible. It's just, um, how they're able to capture it even without any actual action figures or characters in there. 
a yeah. lot of a lot of the original series was about the environments and that helped a lot with the feel. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely definitely did. I mean, the the whole island of Matanui, you know, had this mis- mystique about it, this tropical island, but there's these biomechanical creatures on it. So, you know, how do you have like this kind of technology on there, but the the characters are still kind of in a primitive state, you know, there's a and and the environments really help set that up. Yeah. And then I guess uh, the one of the last ones I want to bring up is uh, there's an image of um, the Volcanus Arena. So this is from you know 2008, much later in the storyline. And um, you know I just thought that was interesting to to see some of the later stuff. I mean I I personally love the the early stuff, but you know Advance did keep going and keep working on the universe, and it's interesting to see how the concept art uh, got fleshed out over time. Definitely. I mean, this is a, a much more elaborate piece than some of the others, right? Yeah. And I think by then, you know, the the Bonacle universe was was so much deeper that you, that they knew a lot more of what they were going for in the look by then, rather than in you know nineteen ninety nine and two thousand when a lot of stuff was still in flux. I mean, this one just looks like a full blown piece of art. It doesn't even look like concept. Yeah. Yeah. Again, this is something like you you could print out as a poster and hang on your wall, or wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, any others that you guys wanted to to comment on? I just wanted to say like uh, the whole idea of the robot crash on the island. They kind of reused that for Bear Magna because you could see the pieces coming out of the sand of the the prototype robot. Right. very similar. Yeah, and I, kind of there, they made it more obvious, right? But but, but by then, you know, we knew Metanui was the giant robot and everything. So I, I remember back when we first saw Bear Magna and there was like a map overlay and, and they kind of really uh, made it a bit more obvious that there are these body parts around that uh, the, the villagers and stuff were now like kind of living in and around. Yeah. But, um, you know, again, like you said, it's kind of... Um, you know, Aqua Magna was was the water planet that the robot was submerged in, and so Barra Magna of the desert planet that it was kind of somewhat buried in, but because uh, of the environment, it became more exposed. Yeah, and it was kind of torn to pieces just a little bit. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm really um, excited to see where this goes uh, as. Uh, Christian Faber continues to post, and I, I really hope he does continue to to draw on things from uh, the the years and years of work they did on Bonacle and share it with the fans. Uh, and I think that everyone out there really appreciates uh, what what he's doing here. Oh yeah, definitely. I love seeing all this stuff, and I don't like concept art. I yeah. never have, but I love looking at this stuff. Yeah, it definitely it gives you such a an insight into uh, how how the world was created. All right. Uh, any closing thoughts, John? Oh, um, how about that? Templar did something. Also, did something like this recently. Because like now the bond goes over. This stuff is coming out. Uh, Templar used the they posted the M and Aug concept art and stuff like that. Yeah. So hopefully both the both places kind of continue to to do that and share some of the stuff they've created. Um, 
hopefully Lego is, is fine with that uh, since Bonacle is done. And um, I, I look forward to seeing what else is out there. Yeah, All right. same here. So a big thanks to Christian Faber for uh, starting this blog and letting us know about it. And also for, for the little tribute he posted for us. Uh, we all really appreciate it, and we're looking forward to, to seeing what else you guys put up there. All right, well, thanks for joining me, guys. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. So with me now is Windrider to do this month's How to BZP. How's it going, Ryan? It's going pretty well. How are you, sir? I'm not too bad. It's uh, Friday, and I have the day off, so that's uh, always good. Sweet. So, uh, members may have seen a new group running around on the forums, although uh, I don't think there have been too many active posts from, uh, from this group, but uh, they might have some questions about that, and today we're here to talk about it. Indeed. So, the retired staff groups. There are the premier retired staff group and the retired staff group. And these were introduced on April 11th, 2012 by you at 1.41 p.m. exactly. No need so to be, uh, why these groups? Um, well, first of all, it's a way of thanking those who have served BCP and who have since retired. Um, it's a way of giving them concrete recognition. You know, the Outstanding BC Power Citizens group has served has served for this in the past, but we need something more to show that they have survived. You're making them work to near death. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so they get their own special group and their own special color on the board index. Although admittedly the color for <laughs> outstanding BZ power citizens is flashier than the retired staff color, but you know, it's a minor setback. It's all, it also serves a functional purpose, and this is that um, an active staff will be moved to this group so that you will have a better idea of how many active minions you have running around. Right, and this is also helpful for members, too. If you have uh, a question for a staff member, you don't accidentally send it to someone who's uh, probably not going to ever respond to your question because they haven't been around for a year or so. That's a good point. I actually had that written down later, but you beat me to it. <laughs> Once again. So, yes, it helps members know whom not to contact for help, although that's not to say that these members aren't helpful. It's just they're not around. So, um, yeah, the amount of time after which a staff member becomes inactive is determined by you. It's not set in stone, I don't think. You'd be able to answer that better than I. Right. But, yeah, we haven't really set a, a timeline, but um, I do look uh, somewhat regularly at the activity of, of our staff and who's been um, taking care of things and who's just hasn't even been posting and things like that, just to get an idea of uh, how often people are, are around. And, um, you know, when you look at a, a staff member's profile page and you see the last time they logged on was 2009. Uh, it's probably a, a sign that they might not be coming back anytime soon. Yeah, except, well, <laughs> I was one of those people before the board <laughs> came back online, but I had I had issues to deal with. Uh, anyway, that's another right, story. But uh, well, we can talk more about that kind of situation, too. Uh, what yes. else you got, though? Okay. So, right. 
two two reasons why the retired staff group was introduced to recap. One way of thanking them, and two, it it's functional. You know, organization without demotion. And uh, it's worth noting that people in the retired staff groups are always welcome back if they do come back. Um, if right. they say if life hits them with a baseball bat and they're knocked out of service for a good year or so and they're moved into the group, if they come back and if they still have you know an interest in helping BZ Power, then usually there is room for them. And right, and that's exactly what I was going to say. Like for your case, if we had had the retired staff uh, grouper back then, and you'd been moved into there, you know, when you came back and were uh, ready to to help out again, you know, we would have found a spot for you, and you'd uh, be doing just as awesome as you are now. I know I'm so awesome, can't even handle it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I and that would have been totally okay. I was expecting to be in the OBCPC group when I came back. But that was a pleasant surprise not to be. Right, that just shows how how uh, lazy I had been in the past about doing anything like that. Because I was like, oh, there's a chance they <laughs> yeah. might come back. Oh, but, uh, guys, Black Six is not lazy. He's the exact opposite of lazy. The amount of work he does on the forums is incredible. Shh, don't let them know. No? We have to tell them you're lazy? Oops. <laughs> okay. I'm supposed to have all you minions doing all the work for me. Yeah, ostensibly. So, uh, another thing is that the group is invite only. So, if uh, if we have uh, people who were staffed before and they were stepped down by their own volition, then you, uh, I think you, you've sent them PMs asking them if they want to be placed into this group. Um, so the question is, why invite only? And that's a kind of a difficult question. I mean, it's those who uh, were either removed from their group or were asked to step down. Uh, obviously, those who are banned, you know, they're not going to be placed into the retired staff group for, yeah, again, obvious reasons. But why not recognize the work that those who were asked to step down have done. And, well, I, I, I can't exactly answer that. I mean, I, I agree with it, but it's difficult to answer. I think it's worth noting that staff members are held to a very strict standard of behavior. I mean, they are vested with an extreme amount of trust on BZ Power. And so that's a really big deal when it's broken. And I think this is a way of, of showing that and maybe even of reminding staff members of that amount of trust. Um, I think you'd be able to answer this better than I. Do you have a right. word on yeah, that? No, I think, I think you're, you're right on track there. Um, you know, even, even in the retired staff group, we're still placing trust in those members to, to represent BZ power, um, indicating, you know, that they, they have put in the time and effort and that we still, uh, trust them to help represent the site, uh, you know, on, on what you said before, they, they are, if they wish to, uh, welcome back on the staff. So, um, you know, we, we want to recognize them not only for their work, but for, for their, um, trustworthiness and, you know, for, for the 
good reputation they've helped to give BZ Power. Um, and, you know, the other other staff members, they're still all logged in our, our staff history topic. It's not like we're not acknowledging that certain people were ever on the staff. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just uh, for, for the people that we really want to recognize and thank. Right. Okay, so I was on track. That's good. We're on the same page. Yeah, and I think if uh, if one of these, uh, if a former staff member who was either removed or asked to step down had known about the existence of the group, it probably wouldn't have have changed things. I think the situation would have remained the same. So uh, it might. I, I don't think it was really designed as a deterrent, but maybe as a small incentive, as a perk. Uh, that really, like, giving making a, an incentive or perk really never kind of came into it. Um, you know, it's it's just something that's there to to thank people. Um, okay. I I like to think that, that you know most of of the staff aren't going to to be in a position where they're not going to be welcome to to join the uh, retired staff group. But unfortunately, in the past, it has happened in a very small number of cases, and uh, hopefully, we won't see it happen in the future. Yes, it's yeah. <laughs> I, I was almost one of those people, almost, but. I had people like Ninjo guide me back on track. Those were my teenage years, guys. So, uh, <laughs> right. That's all in the past. A lot of us have grown up since then. Yeah, a whole lot. So, what are the perks of being on the or in the retired staff groups? Well, basically, they have the same perks as outstanding BZ Power citizens. And one more. Um, first of all, they get full proto, obviously. And they get a spiffy colored name on the index, hex code B39898, which is, here's a little, here's a little fact for you. It's the Burper Emeritus color, and that was the group in which Binkmeister was placed when he retired for a short time. He has since come back. They get outstanding BZ Power Citizen Group privileges, such as 30 days in between name changes. And here's the additional perk they get, other than outside of the OBZPC group. They get birthday topics in general discussion, which is pretty neat, I think. And here's here's a little downside, actually. They don't have a group mask for now, but hey. Yeah, those group masks are, are always kind of one, one thing that uh, I know some of you guys, guys on the staff want them, but... Um, there, it's uh, not a, a high priority for us to, to go in there and rut around in the code and, and figure where to, to toss those in. Yeah, it's not worth breaking BC Power trying to install those things and messing some code up. Right. I don't, I don't know the technical <laughs> details. Maybe it wouldn't break. I'm sure the members would appreciate if we focused our, our time on, on other uh, things that affect uh, a wider group of people like most of the members as opposed to just uh, a handful of staffers yes i i completely agree and and i think then again i do have my spiffy shifting how but (laughs) that doesn't mean i don't agree i I show the staff uh enough love in other ways i I hope that they're okay with it yeah it should be fine so that's that's the end of my notes right there um I don't have much to add. Do you? I think uh, you cover everything really well. 
Um, you know, again, okay. this is our way of saying thanks to uh, the people who have helped us and, uh, you know, been that uh, have let us trust them and put a, a good face on BZ Power for the almost 11 years we've been around. And, Gosh, uh, it has been almost 11 years. That yeah, anniversary 11 is years coming is up. coming up. Um, and I, it's actually been pretty awesome um, sending PMs to uh, some former staff members to see if they're interested. And uh, kind of out of the blue, they, they came back and were like, oh, hey, I do still come here every now and then. And, and I'd really like that. So, um, yeah, so I, I've, I've seen Ramaswarm posting yeah, a whole lot. That's Ramos been nice. And I saw Israeli yeah. Toa has been online recently. And right, yep. he, he's always he been one of my to, favorite former my global PM. moderators, actually. And he was like, you know, I don't come around here too often because a lot of the people I talked to back then uh, aren't around. But I, I do still care. And uh, thanks for the, the opportunity. So it was really awesome to, to be able to hear from some of the older staff. And yeah. Uh, it's cool to see them around. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, maybe this will spur some of them to uh, to be active a little more, so they can help set a good example for other members on the site, and uh, maybe it'll help us find uh, some more staff in the future. Hey, yeah, they're always welcome back. Yep. And if they set a good example, hey, if people follow that, they might find themselves on the staff. Exactly. So so do what they do. All right. Well, thanks for joining me and uh, explaining to people about this new group. And I will talk to you next month. All right. I will be around next month. See you then. So with me now is Takuma Nuva for the first of what will hopefully be many staff interview segments. You guys ask the questions and now Takuma gets to answer them. So for the first question, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing all right. Ready and raring to go. All right, so let's kick this off. Uh, first, it looks like we have a Quarian from the Mass Effect universe. Uh, Zaire Azvasmore has a few questions to ask. So the first one being, how pumped are you for Brick Fair? Oh, words cannot describe how pumped I am. I am really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a good time. Looking forward to uh, meeting you and hanging out with a lot of awesome people. Yes, I'm going to have my own little army by the time it's over. That's that's kind of creepy. Um, as long as mine is still bigger, I'm fine. <laughs> okay, so he also asks, uh, what's your opinion on anagrams? A Parmigiana honors Tony Snow. That sounds like a well-prepared answer. Yes, it was. <laughs> it's a good thing that uh, they sent the questions to you instead of me asking them to you cold. Mm-hmm. All right, so how much Russian do you know? You know, I actually work with a couple Russians, but I only know one word of Russian. Da. Oh, I was going to say, I know one word of Russian, too. It's nyet. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait a minute. I knew that one. I know two words. Oh, all right. Continuing on. What is the square root of 906.01? 30.1. Impressive. That was uh, right off the top of your head. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 70, where does potato fall? Well, there's actually, you know, there's a lot of different varieties of potatoes of varying sizes. And if assuming this scale is in ounces, I'm going to say the average potato falls at 13 and a quarter ounces. That's a pretty hefty potato, but I think it uh, seems pretty accurate. Well, 
you got to consider all potatoes. You have big potatoes, little potatoes. If we're taking them all into account. True, true. And they all taste delicious when turned into French fries. Okay. <laughs> Come on, you can't go wrong with a well-made French fry. Anyway, what is your favorite band? Mm, it's a real toss-up. I'd have to say either Cryo Shell or Daughtry. Really? Going with the uh, the Bionicle-related bands, huh? Yeah, ironically enough. So, and what would be your least favorite song by, uh, I guess, either one of those bands? Least favorite by Cryo Shell is probably Feed. Something about that one I just don't care for. Least favorite by Daughtry. Um, what was it called? There and Back Again. That's also the uh, subtitle of The Hobbit, which is an amazing book everyone should read. Anyway, Chaos Dralkax has a question for you. How did you become staff? Honestly... I don't know. I assume that Black Six here just hit a couple buttons and boom, I was staff. Yeah, it's something like that. I mean, uh, go into the administrator control panel, flip a few switches, turn a few dials, and then poof, you're a bloggy. I notice you conveniently left out the mind drone part. You're not supposed to tell them about that. Oh, sorry. All right, so um, you guys didn't hear that. And moving on, Eco uh, asks... What is your favorite privilege or responsibility that comes with being a bloggy? Probably it's simply the fact that when I see something wrong, I can fix it. Instead of, you know, like before, it would just be just report it and then just stare at it and think, gosh, why is this still here? <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I, I know personally going to other sites on the Internet when I see things that I want to change it's like oh i don't have the power to do that here darn it i know <laughs> okay uh moving on paleo asks what is your favorite flavor of ice cream <sighs> that's and a that's tough flavor one. with an ou by the way it's important i mean there are just so many different flavors and varieties and it often depends on what kind of mood i'm in i mean what if you're in a good mood well it's not so much an emotional mood as much as is it in a fruit mood or I'm in a chocolate mood or in something else kind of mood. If I really had to pick, though, I would have to say like probably an orange creamsicle type flavor. Interesting. All right. So Toe of Smooth, Smooth Jazz has a couple questions. First is, what is your favorite type of music? Favorite type would be really hard to place. I mean... The only kinds of music I don't really listen to are like rap, hip hop, or like the really screamy music, stuff like that. The correct answer to that question was classic rock. I'm sorry. I was getting I was getting there. Classic rock slash eighties. Okay. All right, that's perfectly acceptable then. You've passed the test. The rest of the Ooh. questions are not relevant. Well, except for the ones that are. <laughs> uh, so his second question is what is it like being a premier blog assistant? It is just nuts yeah i mean all the buttons and the stuff to do and i find that i tend to make people angry a lot more often than i did before <laughs> there's always that difference of opinion on what some of us think is all right what some of us think is not and that's probably the biggest what's the word i'm looking for 
struggle I have being on the staff in general. But overall, I mean, kind of like I said, when I first hopped on, it's an experience I'll never forget. And I don't plan on leaving anytime soon, much to the dismay of many, I'm sure. Well, not to me. I'm glad you're on the team. So keep doing what you're doing. Oh, well, that's all that matters. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So Bambi has an interesting question. What is my mom? Yeah, you know, when I first got that question, I thought about it a little bit, and isn't isn't Bambi's mom just a doe that dies at the beginning of a movie? That's what I was gonna say. I mean, judged by the, what I remember from the last time I watched the movie, the mom is dead. That's what his mom is, or her. I forget which one Bambi is. Right. So our condolences go out to Bambi. Which is funny because my cousin, who is going to be coming with me to Brick Fair, just bought a new gun, and he named it the Bambi Blaster. <laughs> okay. I kid then. you not. So let's move on from that one. <laughs> um, Uselywood, uh, whatever, whatever, however you pronounce that, it's what Laughing Man is going by these days, has a few questions, starting with, who is your personal hero? My personal hero. This answer I actually put no thought into. And as such, I'm really not sure. I mean, there's a lot of great people out there through the ages. Um, it's okay. You can, honest, you can tell them it's me. What if it's not? Do I still get to be a blog assistant? I don't know. We might have to talk about it. Um, it might be Black Six. <laughs> I mean, you got to hand it to the guy. He does a lot of stuff. Keeps the site running. I like to think I'm everyone's personal hero in terms of BZ Power. Uh, I don't have a big ego at all. It's okay. If we're talking about BZ Power specifically, sure. You're my personal hero. All right. There we go. Other than that, I don't know. Any others? No. Not that I can think of. Okay. Who is your best friend? My best friend is my cousin, Tom, who will be at Rick Fair because so, he's my best friend. So if you'd like to meet Takuma's best friend, just come to Brick Fair. Yes. I can just hear everyone now. I thought he was my best friend. <laughs> All right. Continuing on. Do you have any BZ Power-related regrets? Opening my mouth. <laughs> was that opening your mouth to say yes when I asked you to become a blog assistant? Uh, No. Just a lot of, just ever since becoming, you know, on the staff, all of a sudden hundreds of eyes are watching me, just waiting for me to screw up. And Think when I, before you type. This, that's yeah. good advice for everyone. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I forget that. <laughs> and then I don't sleep well. All right. Well, it was only a matter of time before we had this question. Who is best pony? Luna. That I don't, decisive. It was. I like the color scheme. And, you know, even not so much for what's in the show, but just sort of the personality that the fans have given her. I mean, she's a gamer. That's that's all right in my book. Yeah, gotta love the gamers. All right. Finally, uh, Laughing Man's last question is, who is the most egotistical person you know? The owner where I work, and I love him for it. He's a riot. <laughs> Sometimes uh, that kind of personality can be a lot of fun as long as you're not necessarily on the receiving side all the time. 
oh man all the time he'll just bump into me on purpose on while he's passing by he's like oh i'm sorry my massive muscles bruise you <laughs> all right let's go on go on uh sumiki asks do you dream about farm animals you know i probably like have electric sheep electric sheep uh can't say i've dreamed of that i'm sure i have at some point but i don't remember i try not to remember my dreams because either they're nightmares or they're so weird it's like i'm on an acid trip or something okay and Sumiki's other question was, what is your favorite moment from the entirety of My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic? Gee, didn't see one of those coming. No. Um, gosh. You know, the obvious one would be the scene that Derpy Hooves finally gets, but that's too obvious. I had to go for second best. I'd have to say just the finale of season two overall. Okay. Uh, Kevin Hink, who is Lego's own Kevin Hinkle, Lego community guy for the U.S. Sorry, Kevin, I can't remember your title offhand. Asks, if you could bring one character from the Bionicle universe into the Hero Factory universe, who would it be and why? You know, that's actually a tough one. I would have to say, I don't know, I've got two in mind. First would be Nuparu, because with his, you know, tinkering skills, all the stuff he could do for the Hero Factory, like, he could totally just, you know, beast mode all the heroes. They could kick everyone's butt. Or my second would be Vizon, because with his, you know, the, the Olmac he has, it's going all screwy. He could probably bring the two together completely. And that sounds <laughs> like it'd be pretty awesome in my book. Be a, a cross-up or a mash-up. Uh, crossover. Crossover, that's the word. All right, Holly Husky asks, could you perhaps clarify this for me? If your canoe gets stuck in a tree with its headlights on, how many pancakes do you usually require to get to the moon safely from there? I feel this is an important inquiry that reveals a lot about a man's character, personal strength, and values. Well, first thing we have to consider is this. Are we talking, if the canoe has headlights and it's running on pancakes, it's either going to be the 2027 or the 2056, by which I mean the years, you know, in the future. Um, assuming that the headlights on makes a difference, it's probably going to be the 2056 canoe because the 2027 ran off of headlight fluid. So it was a separate source. Right. Did not the pancakes. Based off, yeah. So based off that... The headlights on, it would require a little bit of a recharge of the capacitor, so it would take a few extra pancakes. And then since it's stuck in a tree, it's going to have to get out of the tree first. Now, in the year 2056, the most common tree is the palm tree, which doesn't really, you know, it's not that hard to get out of. So based on that, the pancakes per mile, I'd have to say it would take a mere... 25,893 pancakes. It's a good thing in the future, IHOP always has unlimited pancake day. Oh, yeah. And now I expect Holly Husky to tell me what this tells about my character, personal strength, and values. I Yes, I expect there to be some kind of follow-up from this, because I want to know it, too. All right, so the Smoke Monster asks... 
Do you want Bionicle to come back? If so, when do you want her to come back? I would definitely like to see it come back. I mean, that was my childhood right there. Um, that said, I wouldn't want it to come out right away. It would have to be when it's good and ready to come back, which at this point we know is like almost never, pretty much. Uh, Until I think uh, some of the fans calm down a little, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) a little. (laughs) All right. But yeah, uh, just, you know, when it's good and ready. But, you know, I mean, after 20 years, I think it's a little bit late. Mm hmm. So sometime in the next uh, 18 years or so. Yeah, something like that. All right. So uh, Sisher's Fixed Detour asks, <laughs> where did you get the exalted uh, title of Takuma Nuva from? Um, actually, you know, the Takuma part, I just sort of spit out. I was just throwing together random sounds and syllables until I found something that seemed Bionicle-ish. You, you added an M to Takua, right? <laughs> no. Afterwards, I realized that, but that was actually just pulled. And actually, what I didn't realize till later is if you um, put the syllables in reverse order instead of takuma, put it on backwards, it's makuta. Ah, interesting. I did not even realize that until later, so I don't know. Going back to that anagram question. Yeah, I don't know if that was something subconscious or what. As for the Nuva part, you know, I mean, first idea is probably, oh, that was just cool at the time, but... I actually had like this whole backstory, which I was going to write, but I never got around to it. All right. Next question is, what is your least favorite Toa of all time? You know, I thought about that one for a while, and I'm going to have to say it's that one Toa of the green that was guarding the thing that Lee Khan was after or whatever. I know I'm terrible. I don't remember exactly what it was. My, the reason it's my least favorite is because the green was always one of my favorite elements, and we never ever found out anything else about them. Okay, well, I don't so your, your story knowledge character. is at least better than me because I don't even remember that part of the story. Uh. All right, and their last question is, what is your favorite BZ Power member of all time? If I don't say Black Six, am I going to be fired? I don't know. There's only one way to find out. Um... Favorite BZ Power member of all time? What if it's me? Well, then you might have to go back to that question with the egotistical person you know and change the answer <laughs> yourself. Fair enough. Um, Hapori Tohu. He's my favorite member. Oh, there we go. That is a good answer. All right. So uh, now Avoka Tamer has a bunch of questions that we're going to go through. I guess they have a, a bit of an intro. Um <laughs> Oh, great blog taco slash evil blog master, I beseech thee, shine your infinite evil bloggy taco master wisdom down upon me and answer these burning questions from deep within my very soul. It should be said that if anyone's wondering about the taco bit, we just have this thing where we shorten our friends' names into something simpler, and it's usually a food. So somehow Takuma became taco. I go for a taco right now. Anyway. And every time somebody posts a blog entry saying they eat a taco, I cry inside a little bit. <laughs> In your own words, why should I put down the ducky if I want to play the saxophone? Because it, I mean, assuming we're talking rubber duck and not like a live duck, I mean, yeah, you'd just be a quack if you didn't. 
<laughs> I think you need all your fingers free for playing the saxophone anyway. Uh, I've never played a saxophone before. I played a radio. Oh, that's impressive. Uh-huh. What was your greatest fear when you were six years old? When I was six years old. You know, I can't really remember much. I'm just going to have to default to heights. It's uh, always a good one. All right. Where were you on the night of April 31st? I was with the doctor, obviously, because it's not until the year 3057 that we actually have an April 31st. Oh, good save. Who would you win? Who would win in a fight? A two-headed dinosaur or a robot Bigfoot? You know, assuming it's just sort of a run-of-the-mill robot and not like one of those futuristic ones that are like impervious to damage and blow everything up with a blink of a optical sensor. I'm gonna have to go with a two-headed dinosaur. I think it also depends just... on what kind of dinosaur it is with two heads. Mmm, fair enough. Right. I mean, Still. if it's just like a, a little one or one of those like you know kind of uh, herbivore things might not have the the muster to uh, take on robot mm, bigfoot true and still i mean even a little dinosaur it's still pretty big i mean last i thought i heard there's little dinosaurs mm, anyway who would win or sorry wrong question <laughs> where's my water buffalo why don't i have a water buffalo it's with your aunt ruth all right the one with the beard who is she in the circus as the bearded lady no, it's just Nat and Ruth with a beard. Okay, fair enough. If your entire vocabulary was the phrase Twilight Sparkle, and I asked you who is best pony, what would your answer be? Silence. Oh. All right. A blank stare. Maybe a, a fist to the face or something? I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> I was thinking it. I wasn't going to say it. Well, it was all pretty obvious, so. Yeah. Have many people treated you differently since you became staff? Yep. I find that there are some people who all of a sudden crawl out of the woodwork and, hey, I like you, and there are others that don't like me so much. For shame and, on those people. Oh, man, I know, right? I mean, they're my first targets. <laughs> Yeah, that's, you know, it's uh, not vindictive. It's just um, profiling or something. Mm -hmm. And then, like I say, everyone, I just feel like everyone's watching me. So maybe that's just me making it up, but maybe they are treating me that way. Or it could be the sure. cameras installed in your house. Wait, what? Wait, I, I didn't say anything. Anyway, uh, if you could be any staff position other than the blog staff, what position would you choose? You know... I would not want to be an admin. Not at this point in time, I would not want your job, Mr. Six. Yeah, why do you think I'm still stuck with it? No one wants my job. <laughs> um, what would I want? You know, I mean, I'd almost have to say, I'd almost have to say global just because they're the only ones other than blog staff that can do blog things. All right. <laughs> so, of course, not that the uh, globals do much blog stuff, but... No. They can if they wanted to. Exactly. All right. Are there any members, staff or not, that you particularly look up to or would simply like to give recognition to for their awesomeness? Well, all the staff, for one thing. That saves me a lot of time having to name names. Um, other than that, I mean, just some of the people I've liked most over the years on BZ Power are Gerlicky. Because that guy is just hilarious. 
his comedies, his comics. Always love those. And Turakai, because she was actually the first person who actually met, made me feel like a part of the community. Okay. And other than that, I mean, I'm sure there's more, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. So I apologize in advance to those people. I'm oh, sure wait. you have greatly offended them. Brickings and Zeraz. I don't know why. They just, they're just cool. All right. Not as cool as you, Black Six, of course. Um, there, there, that was a nice save. What sort of secret staff things do you do when us regular members aren't looking? Well, you see, it all comes down to the bannings. Nobody else knows this, and actually they're going to forget about this after I tell them. It's just the way this works. But every time Black Six bans a member, I consume their astral form, and I use that energy to do long-range inception on everyone who visits the blogs. And very slowly, it starts this process of them all joining my evil blog army until I can, you know, like one day control the internet or maybe just open a drink shop. I don't know. Whatever I choose. Sounds like uh, some good goals. Mm-hmm. Although I'm not really sure if you'd want to control the entire internet. There's some, some really creepy parts of it out there. Well, that's you know that's why I want to control. Just delete. Ah, oh, ah, oh, nice. All right. Uh, what were some of your first experiences with Bionicle? Your first set, first preconceived notions before actually learning the story, etc. Well, my first set was supposed to be a McTorn from McDonald's. Supposed to be. Supposed to be. My mom went to McDonald's, got the Happy Meals. They even asked her if they, she wanted the boy toys or the girl toys. And obviously she said, you know, the boy ones, the Legos, the Bionicles. Why not? Brought them home, and inside were Winnie the Pooh rubber stamps. <laughs> that sounds like that was the uh, kids under five toy. Oh, words cannot describe my frustration. Especially, you know, since I was only 11. Mm-hmm. I was heartbroken. I'm sure. I was just going to say, my first set actually turned out to be Anua. Um, first preconceived notions. I mean, <laughs> it's funny. I actually thought that the Trega put on these masks of power and became the Toa. Yeah, I was the such other way a around. noob. I mean, other than that, my other, any other first experience was, oh my gosh, this is awesome. How did you first find out about Bonacle? Uh, you know, the back of the that one uh, Lego magazine. Two thousand, yeah, Lego magazine. I don't remember when that year was. When it had like the thing where you could, you know, order the Tau and Vakama set. That would be two thousand one, way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Over Seems a decade like, ago. It's hard to believe. Yep. 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 All right, and their last question is, how's the inevitable brony takeover of BCP coming along so far? You know, when I actually think about it, I don't think there's actually as many bronies on BC Power as people seem to think. I actually would think that if this was like, you know, a few years ago, it wouldn't seem like such a big deal. I think it's simply because we have a smaller community now that it seems a lot more pronounced. I mean, maybe that's just me looking into it too deep, but I think there's just not as many people around to have interests in comparison to that. Okay. But suffice suffice to say, it's you know it's 
coming along and it is inevitable. Sorry. No, it's not. You're right. Not while I'm an admin. There will be it's no the Takuma takeover that we have to worry about. All I right. Admin control panel. Search for Takuma Nuva. Delete. No. Yeah. Take that, your takeover. Sad face. <laughs> All right. Well, that was the last question. Um, I think we'll, we'll throw one more in, being what do you get when you multiply six by nine? When you multiply six by nine? 54. Wrong. All right. And one extra bonus question. What is your favorite type of Hot Pockets? How is six times nine not 54? Answer the question. Favorite kind of Hot Pockets? I don't think I've ever actually ever eaten one. You should try. They're delicious. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Takuma. And uh, being our first test subject, I think uh, things went pretty well. What about you? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of interesting questions. I'm surprised nobody asked a single question regarding video games. That's like half the stuff I even blog about. That's what weird. video game are you currently playing right now? Um, none. I'm doing a power cast. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean. If you're on your Xbox or PC right now, what is what is playing? What is what has been? What have you been playing? I've been bouncing around between Minecraft, Dawn of War Two Retribution, Dungeon Defenders. Well, I will uh, let you get back to those games, and uh, thanks you thank you once again for coming on. And hey, no uh, I'm problem. sure you'll find a way to sneak on the show next month too. Oh, wait a minute. Sneak? I have to sneak now? <laughs> Dang it. All right. Talk to you later. Yep. And with that, this episode of the BC Powercast is nearly at an end. With any luck, you guys all enjoy listening to the show. As always, please leave us feedback, either in the talkback thread on the forums, by reading us or leaving comments on iTunes, or by sending an email to powercast at bzpower.com. We really do appreciate it, and we like to try to do everything we can to make the show uh, better and more enjoyable for our listeners. So that's it for this month, and I'm going to leave you all with McSmeag's latest piece. All down in London, town to go, go With the record selection and the mirror's reflection I'm an answer with myself When there's no one else inside In the crowded, lonely night Well, I wait so long for my love vibration And I'm dancing with myself, oh, oh Dancing with myself, oh, oh Dancing with myself Well, there's nothing to lose Nothing to prove and I'll be dancing with myself oh, oh. If I look at all over the world Oh, and there's every type of girl But you're empty, I seem to pass me by Leave me dancing with myself well, Let's sink another drink Cause it'll give me time to think 
Oh, ready as I'll ever be, you know. Yeah. You say that every time. <laughs> well, it's always true. <laughs> what would you rather I say? Um, I am as prepared as I have the capacity for at any point in time. All right, I guess that works. <laughs>